yeah. So all right, all right, bro. Listen, um, here's a. This is a story. I was mowing my lawn yesterday. Do you want to introduce us first? No, I don't. <laughs> if they don't know who we are by now, then they'll never know. Just kidding. You click the link. <laughs> you click the link. Um, I was mowing my lawn yesterday, and uh, this guy kind of flat. He drives up and he flags me down, and he is uh, maybe he's from maybe he's Lebanese. I'm not sure what he is. Okay. You know, I, I don't even know why I said Lebanese. He, <laughs> he was kind of Middle Eastern, but he started talking to me. He had an accent, but I didn't know where he was from. Okay, and the guy, let me, he he has his wife next to him. He's driving an Escalade, okay. right? And this little, like, two-year-old boy is, like, bouncing around them in the front seat. And so he, he kind of looks at me, and he puts his hand out of the door, and he's like, hey, come here. And I was like, okay, what is going on right now? <laughs> it's really weird. And uh, he has a, a really gaudy, like, it looked like a, a class ring or like a football ring or something. And it, it clearly looked fake. Like, it looked like it would turn green in a second. <laughs> you know? And he's like, uh, here, man. I can't do the accent. But he's like, here, man. Uh, I need some, some money. I need some money for gas. And I was like, for gas? Like, what? This is very random. I'm mowing the lawn, and he stops me. He's like, right. hey, can I have some gas money? And I was like, gas money? I literally was like, gas money? And then the wife was like, yeah, we need gas money, and we have a kid. You know, Like she said the fact, hey, we have a kid. And I was like, uh, okay. And it was just kind of like awkward, and he was trying to give me the ring for gas money. Like, And I was like, what is really going on here? So, But the kid got me. I saw the kid, and I was like, all right. And I didn't have any cash on me, so I had to go inside the house. And I came back outside, and I, all I had was a 20. So I gave the guy $20, and he tried to give me not only that gaudy class ring, but then also, like, a wedding ring, like a, like a man's wedding band or whatever that was also gold and just looked horrible. And he was like, here, here, here you go. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And I was like... Uh no I'm good like you keep the ring like I'm I'm fine you know and the little baby was in there just like yeah thank you, you know? <laughs> like and so he left and I was sitting here thinking okay did did I just get got or I mean I it, mean it's hard for me to imagine you not getting got not getting got? no like I feel like they played you is this another thing that I have to worry about like families yes. coming over with their children families are coming over using their children to steal your money. <laughs> Okay, so what do well, I do okay. in that situation to get out of it? Like, do I say, hey... Say, nah, man, I'm good. And you just keep mowing your yard. And then I see the little kid in my dreams, like, without gas. Oh, without gas. He, I mean, literally, he drove up to my house in an Escalade. You should be like, where are you going? Did you ask yeah. him where they were going? I, I asked them nothing. I was just like, you need You literally just hand him 20 bucks. You went back inside your house, got them 20 bucks, refused some, like, chintzy, most likely stolen jewelry... I refuse the jewelry because I don't wear jewelry. Okay, question. So I was no. just like, what is this? Like, if, if, he, if he had, like, a cool hat or, like, I don't know, a leather bag, I'm going to take it. Okay. <laughs> he needs to know his audience. <laughs> okay. okay, here's the first place my mind went, was that they probably murdered somebody. Oh, dang. Took these things off their body and were trying to pin, to pin the, the murder. murder on you because yeah. you have the goods. So <laughs> I saw this guy mowing his grass, and he's wearing the dead guy's bracelet. <laughs> Yeah, I would never put that thing on me. I'm like, wow, I don't want this. Like, <laughs> I mean, someone probably died in it, so I, I can't yeah, blame you. that's pretty rough. But I, yeah, I mean, so you don't think that they played you? I think that I want to be 
I want to be the kind of person who thinks that this person might be an angel. You know what I mean? Like, do you know you, that, that old saying? Like, the Touched by an Angel, the show? No, no. I, just, I have no <laughs> idea. I never watched Touched by an Angel. But the old saying is kind of like, uh, you know, you, you do it because you don't know who. You do something because you don't know if it might be an angel. Like, you, you never know, you know, that you're you know, the person that you're helping is God or whatever. And I had this conversation with someone and they were like, well, it could, everyone can't be an angel. It could be, it could be the devil. And I was like, no, that's literally not what I want to think about every situation. It's like, true. I think the point of that thing is that, you know, of that saying, which I'm, I'm butchering, I can't remember what it is, but is that, you know, everyone might be. And so do I think the best of people? Do we always just take them for granted or do I let myself, be the curmudgeon that's like, no, this is my money. I don't know. I like, mean, well, I, okay, I think you have a great point because I think the reality is you have to be on this page with yourself where you are okay with the outcome regardless of what it is. Sure. I was in a situation this year in Atlanta. ATL, ATL, yep. I was at this place called Ponce City Market. Ponce. 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 Yep. Ponce. Like Ponce. Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon. So some Spanish conqueror. Can you say it with peoples. an accent? I, I won't because we've established that I'm not good at accents. Uh, okay. So Ponce, Ponce I, de, the Ponce de Leon Market. I was outside. Yes. I stood outside because I was on a phone call. And some guy came up. And he was like, hey, man, I'm out of gas. My car broke down you know, this distance away. He's like, I'm not from here. I'm from Jersey. I'm trying to figure out where my – get to my sister's place. But my yeah, I'm out of gas. Right. And, I mean, he looked like he was out of breath and kind of like he was – you know, like he was kind of definitely not having the greatest day. Right. And so he didn't really ask me for money, but I was kind of like, hey, man, like, what can I do to help? All right. I said something to that effect. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, like, I, I just need a bit of gas. And I was like, well, I'm not in a position to actually go buy him gas. Right. But, so I'm like, you know what? I can give him money. And I had to make this decision in my mind saying, you know what? I am going to choose to believe that. This guy. He, that he needs this. Yeah. And if he doesn't need it, that's on him. I, I can't, that's whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't live my life in fear that everyone's out to get me. Right. So I went inside, pulled out money from the ATM, gave it to him and said, hey man, I really hope you can get back, get to where you're going and do your thing. So you gave him ATM money. That, gave, that means you gave him at least $20. I gave him 20 bucks. Woo! Man, that guy, that guy got you good. I mean, you know what? And that's the thing is if he did, it's... It's okay. It's okay with me. Because I, I, I feel like... I was watching some, like, random movie. I feel it. Maybe it was Lion or something. Anyway, there were all these... There were some people, Americans, in a third world country, and this little kid dropped a case of eggs on the ground. And he's like, oh, no, ma... You know, he was, like, crying about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then as people passed in this market, uh, the kid would look up at at the person and say... This was my last money. My mommy wanted me to to buy the eggs, and now I don't have it. Do you have money to help me buy the eggs? And uh, a certain character gave him some money, and then someone else was like, hey, you know that that's a lie. He does that every day. And then the guy who gave the money was like, either way, he's still just a beggar in the street. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so true. And it was a random one-off part of this movie. Um, But I was like, man, that's so true that... He's still in this predicament in which he thinks that this is the only way, like lying to me is the only way. Now, this story, I mean, the story of giving people money, like what was odd is that these people didn't seem like they needed, like my story, sure. didn't seem like they needed yeah. money. Like they were just like, 
Like the guy had rings on and he was like in an Escalade, you know, like it was a new looking vehicle. And he was like, hey, we need some we need some gas money. We're just out of gas. And I was like, all right, like, sure, maybe that's happened to me. Like, maybe I can commiserate. But they didn't come like walking around. Right. You know, and that there was also no gas station. There's not a gas station really close to my house. So I was also like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Like thinking of afterwards. But it, it brings up, it brought up all these questions like, okay, like, what's the best way for me to be the best person here? And then at the same time, like, I, I want to be the best person, uh, but I know that giving people who are begging money isn't always the best course of action. Right. You know, the, you're fueling, uh, you know, desires that are negative patterns in their life that can lead them to more destructive patterns totally. you know so i mean i think those things are definitely possible but i think i've i've come to realize in my limited life experience that i don't think i get to be the judge of things that i don't know hmm. and hmm. i don't and i mean yeah like i think it comes back to that did you get got maybe i probably got got did, does it matter is the real question it matters to my heart okay nope. i mean maybe it does okay it doesn't matter You're but right. i think it just kind of coming back to saying at the end of the day i want to do good in the world, mm -hmm. and I would rather do good at my own expense, believing in people, versus um, missing out opportunities to do good because I am initially or inherently fearful that people are, are out to get me. Even with like our, our current crisis in America, with like immigrants and immigration, I think there's this mm -hmm. fear that you know immigrants are out to get our jobs or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I think when you operate out of fear, you make systems that are ruled by fear and they perpetuate fear and perpetuate. They're more crippling than, exactly. yeah. Hmm. And I mean, okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe if you give, you know, someone is begging on the streets, they ask for some money, you give them, you know, five bucks or 10 bucks um, or whatever. And there's always that thing is like, maybe they're going to use this money for something that I wouldn't be okay with. But at the end of the day, I think you have to be okay with helping people get sure. what they need. And I, you, you know, who, who am I to say like, yeah, they need the 10 bucks or whatever, but yeah. I'd rather not make that decision. Do you them. give Do you give uh, money to the random uh, guy at the intersection? Is that... I, I typically don't have cash on me, so I usually don't. Mm -hmm. um, if I have food or water, I usually... Food or that. water. Yeah. Like I mean, I was in, in Boulder the other day, and there was a guy who was on the street, and he, he had a sign, and he's like, you know, anything helps. And I, so I asked him, I said, hey, like, I don't have any cash, but do you want some food? He said, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I went and got him some food and gave it to him. And I don't mm. know, I felt like if he's okay with that, he's like stoked about food, then like I'm going to give him food. Right, right. No, I've, I've definitely, I've done that a couple times where I go and get food or, you know, but I've also done the snub where I'm just like, no. I mean, you know, yeah, I think yeah, we all like, do. I'm like, I don't know. We can't pretend like we're too good. Like there's been a no, lot of times where not. I, you know, see that and like, nope, I'm definitely just going to not make eye contact keep walking or keep driving and that's maybe not a good thing either but I mean we're human let's be no, honest no it's true I, I try not to make eye contact either because it's a little awkward yeah and then there were some times I'm like no I need to be I need to be like resolute in my decision to not give him food so I'm going to make eye contact with him but I'm not going to give him any money which is horrible but I, mean, but I don't want to like live on the periphery I use that word because uh, there's a photographer uh, Aaron Anderson who did a uh, a work on the homeless based on this idea and he called it periphery and which he instead of he he said that we always keep these people on a periphery but he went and did actual like huge stunning like they seemed they were like 20 by 
12 portraits, like huge blown up portraits, and even bigger than that, uh, of these, uh, of the homeless people. And it was a stunning set of images. Um, uh, and he got, he was in a museum in Colorado Springs. It was lovely. Anyway, uh, so those people that are on the periphery, I sometimes try to look and to, and then to make sure that, okay, AD, you're making a decision that you can live with, or are you just like ignoring it by mm-hmm. not even paying attention to it? And not that that's right or wrong. I, I don't really know. In fact, I, I didn't even think we were going to start talking about homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but I mean, here we are. Just I like, think yeah. one of the most vulnerable human interactions you can have is make eye contact with somebody, sure especially if it is unexpected. And so I think there's that balance where I think if you give someone eye contact you can acknowledge their existence and treat them like a human. Like, yeah, I'm going to like look at you in the face and, mm-hmm. and embrace you as you are. Now, the downside of that like, at an intersection in a car is that might give the sign like, hey, I have something come, to give you. Come to but me. But at the end of the yeah. day, I think even if they came to your window because they thought you might have been making a gesture like, hey, I have something for you, you can even just say, hey, man, like, I don't have anything for you, but, yeah. you know, I'm wishing you all the best or like, you know, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, do you, uh, do you, let's say you're working and, mm-hmm. Are you one to make like serious eye contact with your clients or like, is that an intentional thing? Do you think about eye contact more? Cause I feel like you do eye contact well. Like the other day you made me uncomfortable <laughs> cause you were just looking at me. I was like, come on man, stop, stop judging me, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to be intentional with eye contact, but I also try to pick up on the cues of people. Like if they are making contact and then averting their eyes, I right. try to mirror that so mm-hmm. that I'm not like too intense on my contact. Right. Um, like you just looked at me and then I looked away. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm totally a, a dis. I, I glance off into the sun. I'm like, oh, what's that over there? And people all often look behind them to see what I'm looking at. Just because I'm like too intense. We're so locked in right now. I feel like I try to have an appropriate amount of eye contact. Yeah. Not too much. Sure. Or it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But, you know, the appropriate kind. Here, here's a question. Just thinking about like giving and uh, do you give discounts to your clients uh, when you're working? Like, is that, how, how do you approach that? Is that something uh, that happens or what do you feel about the discount? Man, that's a, and that's a, a big question. question. We, yeah, we just, yeah. Uh, well, let's dive in. Yeah. Um, yes and no, and it depends on the time, the season, and the space of life for how those things have impacted me. To, to not make it such a vague answer, I think it really depends on where I'm at in a season and mm-hmm. what things are looking like. Mm-hmm. Right? With photography being something that is up and down and somewhat seasonal, and there are ebbs and flows to it, I think the reality is that the economics of it aren't so much like, this is my value, pay me or don't. It's, it's kind of like, how much food do I have on the table? Do I have enough money to pay my mortgage? Like, where are we at? And if I needed a couple thousand bucks in a month, like, because we were low, then I think I'd book a wedding for what was available because I'm not above doing work for the price. Right. Um, I mean, I definitely still struggle with that mentality of, like, I feel badly giving one couple a discount when another couple didn't have a discount. Um, But I think it kind of comes down to, at the end of the day, the person I have to be taking care of is myself, my wife, my daughter. So I think... Say, hey, you know what? I want to do what I can to give everyone the same fair price. But I also, if I need money, I need money. And I can't, I don't think I could be too proud. I think I've gone through different seasons where I was like, at one point, really, really proud to say, this is my booking rate, book or don't. And at that time, I think I went through a slower season of booking and it was really crippling. And that was pretty emotionally devastating to go so many months without booking stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think there's that and kind of saying, hey, you know what? You need to balance that out. 
Um, on the other side, I think there was a season when I was starting off early on where I was like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm worth. I just want to make money. And you know, when I started shooting, I was 22. And so 1500 bucks back then sounded like a lot of money. It's like 1500 bucks, man. I could mm. live for months on that. So, yeah. All I have to say is currently I do my best to not discount things as they are. I just don't think it's the most beneficial. But I do think that in the reality of how we run things, as much as we don't want to admit this, we offer a service that at some point is isn't rooted in anything flat, like any hard numbers. Maybe it's rooted in like our mortgage or how much we actually, or what our bills are every month, but there isn't a science that determines what our rates are or why they are what they are. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to make that up as they go. So with that, I think there has to be some embedded concept of negotiation. Whether you negotiate or not, it's that you're offering something that is arbitrary in right. its nature. Yeah. I don't know, what do you think? Do you offer any discounts? Uh... I will tell you my answer right after the break. Uh, and we're back. Here we go. Did you hear my voice just crack there a little bit? And we're back. Welcome. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. That was embarrassing for me to witness. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Nobody likes me. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so do I give discounts? I I do and I don't. I for a while it was just uh, I was giving discounts to friends, and uh, and I really and I still probably give discounts to to people whose weddings I would would have gone to even if I wasn't uh, invited. Okay, you know, or, or even, you know, even if I wasn't shooting it, I would have sure. already been there. Yeah. So that was kind of my line. Like I was like, all right, I have a friends and family thing and this is how I negotiate that. And then it was kind of like, man, I'm still working and it still like gets me, makes me a little, it, it's puts, puts, it pushes the line back. Yeah. And I found like when I first started, I remember giving a discount to another photographer and, uh, I didn't give her her images for like four or so months after the wedding because I was working on other stuff and I devalued the imagery a little yeah. bit. I was kind of like, okay, well, I'll get to those. I have to give my full paying, paying clients my attention. And I I still sort of agree with that, but at the same time, I don't want anyone to ever have to wait for their photos. I don't agree with that. I don't right. think that I should you know, do something to like... I don't want to ever devalue them. And I think... I push myself more when I when I get paid my full rate. I just I treat that wedding with a certain other level, and I don't I don't know why that is, but I do it. I I can tell that it's something in me. I wish I didn't like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting assertion. I think there has to be some level, though. What you're talking about is this value of like you feel appreciated, so you feel the push to go above and beyond. But it sounds like what you're saying is that when they don't pay a full rate, they don't value maybe. Which as much right, which is it can't be true because everyone has a different set of uh, monies in their pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody doesn't have you know so and so amount of money to shoot a wedding, and right. so you know uh, X isn't X for the for the, another person. You know, and so that's that. Sometimes, I, and this is why I, I would get this like, oh, AD, we don't have it in our budget. We can't do it. Can you take off X amount of money? And when I first started, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then 
they go on like a four month like <laughs> honey, backpacking honeymoon. Yeah, honeymoon across Antarctica. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Oh, you had the money, you just didn't value it. Right. And I, I feel like I don't want to be put in the situation where I'm like judging them for those things. Right. And, but at the same time, I still want everyone to that wants my work to be able to have it, and so. Um, I mean, I think it even ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning Yeah. with even like if you're giving money to somebody or you're giving a discount for a client saying, you know what, I'm okay with not having this money. I feel I'm going to choose to view them as a human and or whatever it is and look at them the exact same way as I would every other client right. and then think the best of their situation. Sure. I think it can be easy to like have a client go on a four-month honeymoon afterwards and feel like they were nickeling and diming you, but that's never a healthy place to be. And I, I don't yeah. want I don't want to have that kind of that kind of thought towards, thought my, towards my, my clients. Couples, you know? I want them to I want to see them and celebrate their wedding and and so I think when I do give a discount I have to like mentally agree to myself like I am choosing to release any kind of thing that I where I hold this against them for not paying me to my full rate. Right, and I shouldn't say that I like really hold them against, no, sure. it, but I think that someone I always have this thought that uh, this young lady like my bride someone somewhere is telling her that she should value her wedding photographer at, the, at X amount of money. And anything more than that is too much. And so instead of fighting their actual wallet, they're actually just fighting uh, a perceived value that mm. someone online just like wrote down and said, hey, bride, you shouldn't pay more than this. And so they're fighting with an idea. And I listen, I get clients that pay full price quite a bit, and so it's okay, but... I know that there were some who were just like, oh, we just we just feel like that's too much or whatever or whatever. And but they really want me. And I'm like, OK, am I de- am I also devaluing my work right. and their happiness? Because we've talked about this, like the idea of Haagen-Dazs, you know, did we talk about that? Yeah. Where that Haagen-Dazs. And this is a, you know, don't quote me on this. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's because that's what, that's what uh, Trump's lawyers just said. <laughs> Giuliani was talking online. He was like, don't, or talking in an interview. He was like, don't quote me on this, which, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you're being recorded, <laughs> you know? Like, so anyway, you can quote me on this. Uh, that haagen had a regular, like their ice cream on the shelves. Let's say it's at like freaking $4 uh, for a pint. And uh, they took off, they weren't selling very well. They took their ice cream off the shelf, put the same ice cream back in new packaging and wrapped, you know, wrapped it in gold or whatever, put the price up $2, put it back on the shelves. And all of a sudden, uh, the value and what you give to Haagen-Dazs is is even more, you perceive it to be the best ice cream that you can buy. Maybe not everyone thinks that, but... They're doing very well now, and it's the same product that they had. But they also believed in themselves. There's a whole, there's a whole. So we could unpack that for, for so long. Like Haagen-Dazs had to believe that they were worth a certain amount, and then people had to eat it. But then at the same time, your brain does this thing when you eat, when you experience things that you, you know, that you paid more for. Your brain secretes more serotonin, like that thing that tells you that you're happy. When you eat that ice cream and it's supposed to be more, your brain automatically secretes more. And so you perceive it as a better experience, which is wild. And so what about photos? Yeah. You think that happens? Like oh, since man, yeah. The- I mean, I think it comes back to the idea that perception is the only reality. Like what you, the perception you create around your business or your brand or anything is the only thing that's truly real. 
I mean, to a certain extent. But I, I've noticed that there was a threshold for me. When I crossed from $2,950 as my starting rate for photography, you know, a couple years ago, into the $3,000 market, that people stopped asking questions immediately. There was zero mm. expectations of mm. mistrust or they, this, it was immediately elevated to this luxury product um, for the at the time for those clients that I had because mm-hmm. I think at that point, 3000 was a significant dividing factor. If it was less than three, people were still stretching to that, but that was the top of their budget. 3K was the most they were going to spend. Right. And for people who were spending more than that on weddings, they would be willing to go to four or five, but everything was a bit of a stretch initially. They're like, okay, we're going to spend three or $3,500 but it's gonna, it hurts a little bit. But with that hurt, I think there's this mentality like, yeah, but we're hiring someone who's really, really good mm-hmm. to trust them. And so whatever they give us is amazing. Right. And I know that, and this could also be just the struggle of an artist, but there's been weddings that I've shot. I'm like, man, I just feel like these images aren't everything that I want them to be. But I got an email back from the client that they're like, these are amazing. We cried. We love the photos. Sure. And that could be me putting perceptions on, on it too, saying like, oh, you know, I wanted this and I didn't get it. But I think you also have to remember that you're creating something for somebody within their own context and everything factors into the experience. If you have great customer service, you're prompt on your emails, you make them feel really valued, whatever you give them, they're going to think is the best freaking thing ever. And I think that's a, that's kind of a win in my mind of creating an amazing brand mm-hmm. is that if you have a brand that's incredibly strong, like not that you don't deliver a quality product, but you can deliver anything and people are so bought into the brand that they just trust that whatever you give them is the absolute best. Wow. And I don't think that comes down to you having a reason to slack off or an excuse to slack off. I just think that creating a brand that's so built on quality and excellence creates the perception among your your clients that everything you do is perfect and they just immediately trust whatever mm-hmm. you do to be the best. Yeah. And that is the kind of experience I want to create. Yeah. I like that take. I like that take. And I honestly... Uh, I said the word take because I want to talk about takes. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners out there, uh, we've been getting some flack uh, because of our takes. <laughs> and uh, we just want to talk about takes. What I mean by that is this is just the way we look at it. Like yeah. this is when we think about discounts, this is kind of what we've seen. And that's our take on it. We're not saying that our take is the, the only, only take. take. Yeah. Or like, this is how you should take it. Or you're wrong for your takes, like, or the way you look at things. So we're not saying that your orange skin tone. (laughs) 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 No, no, no. no. We're not saying that that is, I don't don't think I would go to say, go as far as to say uh, that that orange skin tones is wrong. Or like, uh, you know, and we don't want anyone to think that we thought that people with orange skin tones were it, like there's some racial thing behind it. I don't think oh, that yeah. was what we were. We're not saying that at all. I think our take was just kind of an overall viewpoint uh, and experience, and like, hey, how does everyone interact with that? And that's just kind of that's why we're here. Like that's why we're doing this podcast, yeah. so we can give you a take and then have you think about it. But we want you to get back at us. You know, hit us up on Instagram, yeah, anywhere, and tell us about Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. I still need to work on that. I, um, I mean, I think the whole point of this podcast was to talk about stuff people always, don't always feel comfortable talking about online or with strangers. Mm-hmm. And we know that people aren't always going to agree with everything that we think, whether it, it comes down to editing or immigration or other, or even being houseless. Like we think that those things are important things. 
you know what? If you don't agree, that's fine. Let's chat about it. We want to start conversations, but we also yeah. don't want to shy away from sharing our opinions. From talking about this stuff. But they're just that. They're our opinions, and take it or leave it. We're not trying to yeah. make converts. Yeah, and so, but get back at us. Like, don't just, like, uh, you know, don't just fire something at us online and just say you're wrong or something. You know, tell us what you think so we can, like, talk about it here on the pod. I like saying the pod. <laughs> I know. It's like, here on the pod. It just sounds cool to say pod as opposed to podcast. <laughs> I am on a podcast. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. That, okay. I shouldn't. All right. Yeah. I think we've. Yeah, we covered that's it. That's our take on like, takes. Yeah. If you can't take our take on takes, then take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> take yourself out the that's front our, door. That's our takeaway on takes. <laughs> What's your takeaway? Okay, whatever. Uh, Man, I think we've covered some heavy stuff. I, I mean, it was too heavy. It was too much. I just this should be this is a comedy podcast, <laughs> okay. ladies, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't a photo podcast. <laughs> All right, so we're just building you up so we can we can help you laugh. Uh, we're giving you stuff to edit to. Uh, do you have um? Well, question. Do you have anything in your recent past that has humbled you? Incredibly humbled me. Yeah, like and not in a good way. Like in a man, I suck. I'll, I'll share something. Oh, I'll bro. Share something. Are you, you asking me questions just so you can answer no, 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 again? No, no. Oh, I, I, just, see I feel bad asking you this question. It's like, hey, tell me this big mistake you made. Uh, yeah. Let me just laugh at you. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do have one, uh, and it's it's still humbling. I'm still <laughs> learning from it. It's actually pretty rough. It's not uh, comedic at all. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> You're talking about photography-wise? No, anything. I'm, what I was going to say for myself is that I've been playing a lot of chess online. Okay, sure. And, you know, I've been playing you know, these games, and sometimes you're like, like, another win. And, like, I've been kicking it recently. Like, that. Sure, I'm doing sure. great. You're good. But yeah. sometimes you get in there, and usually when it's, it's, like, when it's late at night, and I'm mm-hmm. a little sleepy, and just getting my butt handed to me, like, by someone who's, like, super, like, a much lower score than me, just like kicking my butt left and right, huh. and that sucks because I don't like to lose. Sure, and I've been losing to some of these people, these noobs, it's as they say. Noobs, wow! And it makes me feel like a freaking idiot. Wow. Uh, are you um, I, okay, listeners? I, I think I must preface this conversation because he's not talking about nothing right now. The, I think the reason this podcast started is because Levi and I used to play chess. And so we'd come over and play chess. That was and, the original podcast. Yeah. And then kicking it while we're playing chess. Playing chess. And then we start talking about stuff. And I was like, okay. And then eventually Levi was like, hey, you think you want to do a podcast? But we don't play chess anymore. Well, we but what he's doing right now <laughs> is secretly trying to get better at chess. And he's playing the long game because I know when he comes back, he's going to have all this like online. Because I'm, let's, I mean, I'm better. Okay, we should, should live stream a chess game. I'm just saying. No one wants to see that. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear about it either. Everyone's like, stop talking about chess. Yeah, but I'm, I'm better at chess than Levi. You know, wow, you're just going to let that ride? I mean, whatever. People can decide for themselves. But no, but they can't. It's actually a clear okay. decision. <laughs> whatever. Like, there's... I, I don't have that moral fortitude to, or mental fortitude is what I mean, to argue this right now with people who have no concept of what is true and not true. <laughs> But if you guys want to find more, me online, who I play wins on chess.com. Oh my gosh. Let's play a game of chess. Who wins more chess games when we play? It's hard to say. We haven't played in a long time. Gosh, that is not true at all. I feel like I win more chess games just in general. Nah. Come on. Nah, no. Nah, okay, whatever. All right, Anyways, so. back to humbling maybe. situations. <laughs> we can stop talking about this. Yeah, humbling. 
dude, I just had a, a really great client. And listen, my, uh, my desires for my clients are like through the roof. Like this is my passion. I love this thing, this wedding photography thing. And so, uh, yeah, I had this huge, like a really great client and we went and we shot them for an engagement shoot for five hours. And I, uh, thought that we, I produced some of the more artistic images that I've ever photographed. I was like super thrilled, super pumped. And I was like, yeah, we're going for it. We're doing it. This is the kind of thing that I want to be doing. And, uh, and I've always struggled with a little bit of access to, or accessibility. That word has kind of been a, a mainstay this year. Like, how do I make sure that my clients can access the thoughts behind the images that I'm making? Not just like, oh, that's a pretty photo of the two of us. But then, oh, what does this photo mean? And I feel like if it's so far removed or there's no visual language attached to it that they don't really have the, uh, the space uh, to to comprehend or to even understand why this photo is important or whatever, you know? And so I, I kind of made this framework and I wanted, we went into the thing thinking these grandiose thoughts, me and the second shooter thinking these grandiose thoughts about how we're going to make this work. And it was, um, and how we're going to give them accessibility to the imagery and to our thoughts, blah, blah, blah. We did it. They were super happy, but they, uh, they, but they had a but. Their butt was, oh, we wanted like, we wanted a few more traditional photos. And in my mind, my first like defense was, what the heck? Like, I gave you traditional photos, uh, but, and I love the clients. They're wonderful people. Um, but I had to be, I had to say, okay, be humbled, take this and learn from it. Like, okay, they want more traditional photos. And there's photography has two different kind of modes. There's two different worlds in which we live in. Uh, one is this sort of like this is a historical document, and I pride myself in that document. But then I kind of go crazy with the art as well. And so I think for my you know for especially for a luxury clientele, I want to make sure that now going forward that I'm learning from this is I want to make sure they have a really great curated balance of both. Um, and so I'm not necessarily trying to. Uh, I want to blow their minds, but at the same time, I want them to have uh, a, f- a collection that is so strong in each kind of world of photography. And so uh, it was humbling because I thought it was probably the best collection I've ever put forth. I was like, boom, this is send it over. They were happy. So I, I, you know, I'm happy and they found the right photographer. Um, but in moving forward, especially for their wedding, I'm going to shoot it a little bit more traditionally and then like, go bananas on a few banana shots, banana shots. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so, but it was humbling. Uh, it's even hard to say right now, but, uh, that happened. That's where I'm at. And it was, and I'm, listen, this is a high end client and it was good. And like, I was, I'm still super excited to create for them. Uh, but in the parameters in which they will be most happy. Hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think that's, it's interesting cause I feel like I, I feel like I'm typically on the inverse of the, that kind of conversation mm-hmm. where not so much with my clients, but in, internally with myself where I feel like my default is to play it safe and I have to push myself to be like, no, I got to crush this and be creative and, mm-hmm. and put my clients in you know, situations that they wouldn't typically be, they wouldn't find themselves in without me guiding the process and not to create something, you know, I guess with the intention to create something meaningful and artistic and, and that embodies something. And so... I feel like I typically have to 
push myself into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool though because I think that's your default. And we've shot together many times, and I've seen your photos, and I've been like, this stuff is crazy, in a good way because I feel like you you really aren't the traditional shooter, even though you can do that stuff so well. You really do shoot in a, your own way, yeah, hopefully which is so. friggin' awesome. Which is why they hired me. So. Right. I, I, I should stress that they were happy in general. Were you they know. happy in general? Yeah, they were. Did I say it? I've been <laughs> no. saying it. But I just want to make sure because, you know, because if they're out there and they're listening to this, <laughs> I'm not trashing them. Like, they're actually really great clients. Uh, but I am constantly learning from all of my clients. Yeah. I'm constantly like, okay, how do I adjust this to make my client experience better for the next client, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I'm just putting another arrow into my quiver. I'm, you know, making sure that I'm strong and everything I take out, not just the artistic stuff or the details or whatever, you know, I mean, I had this happen with the wedding we shot together that, uh, remember that wedding last year, great clients, but I think I pushed the the group a little bit further for an artistic shot than I should have. And so now, uh, you know, client experience, like where they are walking and how much I'm pushing them to actually move, like the energy they're putting out is something I think about. Yeah. And so I'm constantly trying to like uh, learn from every past wedding to make sure that even though I have these thoughts for these grand images, that they they feel like they're having a luxurious experience, like literally just walking from A well, to the, B. Well, the thing though is, does the end justify the means? Right. And I actually had a wedding I shot a few years ago, and. I pulled them out for sunset and we like went out on some rocks and some other stuff. And it was, it wasn't like super, you know, rough terrain, but it definitely wasn't, I mean, we were in the mountains. It wasn't easy. Yeah. It wasn't like easy walking. And actually when I sent them their photos, they, the groom specifically said, he's like, Hey, like these photos are awesome. Like when I, when we were going out there, walking out there, I was kind of like, ah, oh, is this going to be worth it? But now looking at the photos, I, I really love these photos. Right. And that made me feel like, oh, I'm glad I pushed a little bit. Mm-hmm, sure. But at the same time, like, I think people have a hard time visualizing what things could look like. So mm-hmm. do you think the end justifies the means? Uh, in general, in general, no. Just because I think that's... Okay, like, yeah. yeah, not like in, like, crimes and stuff. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in photo stuff. Don't like, quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the end justifies the means. Slash your tires. No, but like, okay, you put your clients through a bit more of a physical hardship to get an amazing photo. Not like insane, but like, yeah, but like if you make them uncomfortable, but then the photo at the end is amazing, is it worth it? Yeah, I mean... Or does it depend? It depends. I think it depends on every client. Yeah. It depends on how amazing... You know, you were there, and looking back, I think I could have made the shot that I wanted on the second hill, you know, like, as opposed to them going down that thing, right? right. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think it, for me, it justified it. Because I've had this thing where I shoot every client like they're my brother and sister, or, or brother and his, uh, his fiancée. Because that, for me, years ago, that was one of the marked, uh, when I photographed my brother and his now wife, but uh, fiancée, that was one of the images where I pushed the most, one of the sets of images where I pushed the most, and I got to see my vision coming through. And I was like, oh, like I, I'm doing well. Like This is different. This is interesting. And so from there, I took that to say, okay, photograph everyone like you're photographing your brother. And so with him, I pushed my brother way more than I would push anyone else. Like I was doing all this crazy stuff and not even taking pictures of it. <laughs> 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 I was like, look up, look down, look up, look down, look up. And they were doing it. <laughs> And I was like, I got you, brother. You know, like, but anyway, um, and so, but, but I think, so there's, 
there's pitfalls on every on every side, right? There's a pitfall in that where I'm like, shoot it like your brother, like you're shooting your brother. Hey, and that's what I want to give my clients. Hey, you just went too far. You pushed me too far. I'm not your brother. Right. I'm. And then there's there's a there's a pitfall on the other side, which is you're my client. Let's have just one quick luxurious walk where we don't push ourselves visually and we don't get things. Yeah. So I think somewhere in between is kind of where I want to exist now. But I still want to push myself. And I still want to push my clients a little bit, but I need to, you know, and you listen. You want to still craft the experience that they have, even while being photographed. Yeah, I want the experience to not, like, it used to just be whatever my whim was. Like, we're going over there, and then come on over here. And I still do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to go hard in the paint. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that a basketball reference? Thank I'm, you. Thank you very I don't much. listen to basketball. <laughs> I don't listen to it. Well, come on. Hard it. in the paint. Where do you think that? Where do you? In the paint Literally is no like, idea. I mean, I know what in the paint could mean. What? It, within, I'm imagining it's a shot within three points because it's inside the... No. Or it could be a free throw shot. Like right at the, okay, so do you know where the free throw line is yeah. and they make that little square? Yeah. There's like a rectangle underneath. Yeah, with the little, like, little rectangle pegs in it. Rectangle pegs. Yeah, there's like a little rectangle and there's little spots right on the side yeah. side for people yeah, yeah. to stand. Right in that square is the paint, and so to go hard in the paint is to like drive up for like a dunker. There's layup. so much paint on the floors though. No, but this is anywhere. a painted rectangle. Everything's painted. No, there's yeah, everything is painted. Yeah, but this is a painted filled in rectangle. Okay, it's filled in with with color or with uh, with paint. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just saying that's. That's where it comes from. Okay. Hard in the paint. It's hard okay. in the paint. Okay, so I go hard in the paint <laughs> uh, still, and I, I definitely won't let that die. Like, it'll happen forever. But um, at the same time, I want to make sure that my clients don't always have to. Like, I, I wish... You I want to go hard, hard so they don't have to go hard. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I go hard so you don't have to. That should be your slogan. I don't think I'll do that <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, this is uh, this is the Black Light Podcast. Uh, my name is Adonia Jaja. This is... This, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a point. Your cue oh, okay. for this, you to say <laughs> your name. I was waiting for the dramatic pause. Okay. It's like a three-second dramatic pause. Way too much drama. This is Levi T. Arena. You can find me on Instagram, at Levi T. Arena. On Twitter, at Levi T. Arena. Dang, you could have just said you can find me with the same name at all of these places. Okay, you can find me if you Google me. My name is Levi T. Arena. You can find me at Levi T. Arena at Levi T. Arena dot Levi T. All right. Dot com. My name is Adonia Jaja. Okay, we've we've said it. (laughs) Okay. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Talk to you next time. Peace.